Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HR Works Podcast, brought to you by HR Daily Advisor. I'm your host, Josh Zygmunt, Content Director for Simplify Media. The HR Works Podcast provides clear, relevant, and actionable information on topics that matter to you, the HR professional. When you're armed with the best practices and strategies to attract, retain, and engage top talent and deliver exceptional service to your organization, HR just works. On today's episode, we're joined by Tom Leeper, Vice President of Client Solutions at 7Step, a global recruitment and talent outsourcing company. Tom brings nearly 30 years of experience working in recruiting process outsourcing, and his career journey has created a unique mix of skills and knowledge in technology, outsourcing, consulting, recruiting, and human resources. With earlier roles in his career at organizations such as Accenture, Aon, Kelly Services, and Alexander Mann Solutions, Tom joined the team at 7Step in 2016 and was named the Vice President of Client Solutions in January 2023. Tom works closely with clients across multiple industries, both in the U.S. and globally, with a focus on architecting, recruiting models, and building comprehensive talent solutions for today's rapidly evolving talent marketplace. Look, as this talent marketplace continues to evolve, we're seeing technology and data analytics play more and more of a role in the efforts to recruit and attract top talent into organizations efficiently and effectively. The team at 7Step recently partnered with research firm Everest Group, take a closer look at the innovations of talent acquisition and specifically examine the use of talent analytics in recruiting. So we wanted to bring Tom onto this podcast today to take a closer look at the findings from this recent report titled Smart Trends Moving Talent and Business Forward, Innovations in Talent Analytics, and get a better understanding of what he and the team at 7Step are seeing in the future of talent and recruiting. So without further ado, let's get Tom introduced. Tom, welcome to the HR Works Podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Josh. That's great. All right. Well, look, really excited to dig into this recent report with 7Step and the team at Everest Group. But let's first get you introduced to our audience here at the HR Works Podcast, Tom. So what was that initial spark that led you to pursuing a career built around talent and people operations? Yeah, I think uh, like many people, I didn't start in this industry, kind of transition at a certain point. I was uh, traveling IT consulting for a century for about 10 years. And uh, I had a point where I loved the work, but hated uh, being on the road every week. So I was going to quit, and uh, I was actually considering a career in HR or talent acquisition. Uh, and essentially, we were like, well, don't go somewhere else and do that. Do that with us. And, uh, and so they s- switched me over. So uh, I spent 10 years traveling as a consultant and then three years with uh, TA with them. All of it wonderful, and, uh, and I've never left the industry since. Yeah, career paths are always exciting, unexpected. As we were catching up before this recording, understand you're a cyclist and much like any roads, right? You get twists and turns and things just will surprise you at any moment and you'd be surprised where you end up at the end. But again, a a really impressive 30-year path that you've created here, Tom, and really excited to dig into what you've learned and what you're seeing around talent in present day. So let's start there. And what are some of these current trends that we're seeing with talent acquisition, maybe some of the biggest challenges facing HR and hiring teams right now? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting time. If you think of the evolution of the last few years, we hit COVID and everyone laid everyone off and especially recruiters, highly dispendable, like let's just get rid of all of them. Uh, We come out of COVID and everyone's hiring like crazy and recruiters are in high, high demand. Everyone's kind of fighting for them. Uh, Then we had the great resignation and it's still a high time for recruiting because it's just churn everywhere. So people are leaving here trying to place them as quick as possible. We're at this uh, right-sizing point now, I'd say, but that makes, brings on these new challenges. Like the biggest one for most TA leaders is trying to plan for what's next. Like you've had all this volatility. And so part of your challenge is trying to figure out like, or predict what's next and be ready for it. Um, 
to do that, you have to be kind of building these very um, efficient recruiting processes and be very conscious of what you're doing around that. And also being very conscious of the uh, supply and demand of the labor market, which is pretty horrible and just going to get worse. Um, and so all of that just takes um, a person who is really good at forecasting, um, but that's a pretty hard thing to do in TA as well. So I'd say those are the biggest challenges everyone's facing. Yeah, it's been such a volatile time in the talent marketplace. It's funny that you said the great resignation. I mean, that feels like so long ago. It really was only a few years back that we were seeing this great resignation, yeah. this massive employee-driven market as talent was moving into the marketplace to where now it swung the other direction, as you mentioned there, Tom, and it, it is just such a volatile market. What are some of the successful talent acquisition leaders doing right now to address some of these challenges that we're seeing in the talent marketplace? Yeah, to me, there's probably three things that I see most of them focused on. Um, one is just workforce intelligence as, as a whole. Um, you have all this great data. What are you going to do with it and how good are you using it? Uh, two is just building flexibility in the recruiting process. Like you've had to change it so much over the last few years. So you've got to get, get prepared to do more changing. Um, and then the third thing is just workforce flexibility, meaning my own workforce. I'm a TA leader. Right. What am I doing to kind of keep my own team flexible and being ready to adjust to whatever's going to happen next? That's great. Thanks for getting us started there with what we should be looking at there, Tom, and what's been successful. So speaking of workforce intelligence, what are we referring to there? Yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, interpretations of it for my my feeling and how we kind of talk about within 7-Step is you're taking a lot of uh, internal data that you've collected. You're also collecting a lot of uh, external data, marketplace data, et cetera. Um, you're trying to pull that in to create some trends that you can recognize uh, and then use those trends to make help you make decisions in the future. Uh, and I think for some TA leaders, that's a hard trust to take, um, but it's an important one and there's data out there to help you and, and you should be collecting your own data to kind of make that happen. Yeah. And I actually was recently moderating a smaller session that we create with HR Daily Advisor with HR professionals. And that was one of the pieces that came up was this access to data that exists and understanding how do we use data in analytics. We've got access to all the data, but what do you do with it? So we're looking at workforce intelligence and workforce analytics. How has that evolved and how are you seeing teams really smartly use data right now for talent acquisition? Yeah, the um, evolution is pretty, pretty uh, interesting and pretty exciting, especially if you're a, kind of a data geek. Um, the first is just the kind of the speed and the flexibility of it. I mean, it, it comes so fast, but, um, so you, you, the, but the tools have become much more flexible to allow you to kind of capture all that. Uh, and with that, be able to kind of make some on-the-fly decision, on-the-fly adjustments, et cetera. Um, the second thing is just the, the amount of detail that goes into that intelligence. Um, you know, you, years ago, you'd sit in a meeting, you'd present something, and someone would say, oh, that's interesting. Can you tell me more? And you'd be like, sure, yeah, I'll come to the next meeting and, and help you with that. And now, uh, if you have the right kind of tools, you can drill down right away. You can kind of see what the trends are, you can see what the patterns are, and, and see where the um, the outliers are because often you're making bad decisions because you're considering those outliers and uh, and if you have a, a tool that can recognize that and kind of say okay well that's one higher measure that's skewing all this data let's fix him or her but but here's the real issues we need to address um, and then the third one is just the, the the predictability of these tools that is kind of amazing um, and they just get better and better and that allows you to kind of make adjustments uh, with them 
Um, it's funny, I was talking to someone yesterday about um, a thing that we're doing with one of our clients. And uh, we've got our own predictive analytics tool called Saveo. And, and I think it's amazing, but I'm, of course, I'm biased. But um, with some of our clients who we've been working with for a long time, we have tons of data around certain positions. And so uh, for a couple of clients, we've actually built this process that when a new requisition gets created, and, and you know maybe it's a, it's recognized as a, a position that may age and in the old model you may be like all right well let's see what we can do with it and you know six 60 days later you're like oh that's an age wreck um, now the system will look at uh, existing data like historical time to fill data and things like that it'll also look at marketplace data so we can pull in existing marketplace data and it'll basically reroute that requisition to a whole new workflow and basically say like to avoid this aging here's the workflow it needs and that handles uh, especially recruiters and things like that that know how to attack those types of positions um, but it's all based on you know this machine learning data that can kind of extract all these data and make a recommendation to say don't send this to the new channel the traditional channel send it through a different one and again that couldn't have happened five years ago but now that the tools have evolved and especially our tool has evolved to a certain point um, we can make those adjustments and it's kind of amazing to see work and, and our clients really appreciate it because we're not just depending on somebody's opinion, if you will, we're really depending on data. Um, and, and the cool thing about the external marketplace data is even if I'm a really smart recruiting leader, who's like, oh my God, that's hard to fill. The reverse is I might not know that, oh my God, that position in that city, there's just a layoff by a company that late, literally laid off 50 people yesterday that had that skill set. Like, the tool will know that and be like, yeah, that would seem hard to fill, but actually as of today, that's not as hard to fill. So anyways, that kind of technology just didn't exist before. So it's neat to see how it's evolved. Yeah, it seems like technology is helping recruiting and talent acquisition become more proactive and predictive than reactive. Instead of just looking backwards at your data and taking an opinion-based approach to say, okay, this is where I think it's going. You can really have tools that can predict it and look ahead to say, okay, no, this is where you should be going right. for your opportunities for that next talent boom, for that next talent pipeline. That was a great example you gave there, Tom, of being able to recognize, hey, this is where a recent layoff has now taken place, that there's going to be an influx of talent entering the marketplace. Here's how you can now have the advantage by using data to get that talent first. Yeah, exactly. So, Tom, what are some of the metrics that matter right now in talent acquisition, in hiring, that teams should be looking at and paying close attention to? Yeah, I think um, there's definitely, I would say, metrics that have always mattered. So there's metrics your own time. So what is your time to fill? Um, and even with that, the, the evolution is like time in different steps has become important. And so technology that includes the ability to measure those time and stuff is important. Uh, but but time, cost, and quality have been kind of always the big three that everyone pays, has paid attention to, and those will never go away. I do think some of the more important metrics that are hitting us now is the ability to forecast. So better forecasting data and forecasting metrics and how accurate those are to the to what you predicted versus what reality are. Those are kind of key. Um, I would say metrics around peers and marketplace data. Um, we get asked all the time, like, "Hey, we're working this position. My hiring manager is frustrated. You know, he doesn't think this. We he thinks this should be filled faster." And having the ability to pull metrics that is not yours. Um, is hugely important as well. So, you know, don't just depend on what you have, depending on what you can get access to. Um, internable mobility metrics, as you know, we see all this uh, future supply and demand imbalance, the ability to retain people becomes so important. 
So your ability to kind of measure how well are you keeping people um, and talent acquisition has a huge role to play in that. Um, that becomes um, more and more important. And then the last one, which is people are, most companies are measuring employee engagement and it's becoming more, more of a hot topic, but candidate engagement goes right along with it. Like how am I keeping those candidates engaged? Uh, and those are the folks I hire, but also the folks I don't hire. Like you want them to have a great experience. And so you got to keep them engaged as long as you need them and for future hires as well. What are the metrics that point to engagement? The idea of engagement is great. And we all, all talk about it so much, whether it's in the existing employee experience or in the hiring experience. But what are some of those metrics that actually point to engagement? Yeah, uh, some of that is uh, application process. So do they apply, right? So you've engaged them, but you convert them to an applicant. Um, that's usually one of the easier ones to measure if you have right technology in place. Um, second is re-engagement, meaning maybe they came to your page, but you were able to pull them back or pull them back to an opportunity uh, later on. Um, sometimes you can measure how long they've been engaged, like how many, how many touch points have you had with them? Uh, there's the time of how long you've been engaged with them, but also how many touch points you've had with them. Like this person looked at four pieces of content with us and then came back three weeks later when we sent a, another uh, you know, communication piece. And so they re-engaged. So there's a lot of kind of those touch points, which are in, with good technology, easy to measure. But uh, I would say lots of clients do not do that too at the same time. Well, and I'm sure hiring teams can also learn where they need to improve as well to create that better process. If you see trends, you can then use that to really analyze your current setup, your current approach to hiring to talent acquisition. Tweak that, yeah. not just, again, being predictive to the talent, but reassessing your approach. Yeah. That's great. I love what you mentioned too, Tom, about retention and looking at those metrics. I mean, that's so crucial for teams is, again, they're looking at their current employee experience, but that's also something that when you can really have a, a metrics that point to strong retention um, and employee satisfaction, that then can go back out in the market and be used as a tool to recruit and attract new talent. Yeah, 100%. We, we often have that conversation with new clients about, you know, our goal is not just to, um, to hire people for you, but to keep people around and to be able to communicate that, you know, what is your low turnover rate? means you're doing something right to keep your people. And we want to market that to the external marketplace at the same time. Yeah, well, that's great. So Tom, looking at the predictive opportunities of data right now and of talent analytics, what do you see coming? What are some of the, the current metrics and market trends telling us about the future of talent? Um, I mean, the, the, the thing we, we see the most of is uh, the supply demand imbalance. Like every piece of thing we look in the marketplace says we're in for challenges in certain industries more than others. Healthcare is going to be uh, a challenge for decades to come. Skilled trades, uh, renewable energy, cybersecurity. Um, I do um, every two weeks within seven step, I do a presentation to anyone in the company. And I basically talk about what's happening in the town marketplace. And, uh, and so was presenting this morning and one of the crazy stats was we need 60,000 construction workers to come into the marketplace every month to meet the demand. Wow. And that's people who do not do construction today. Like that is a massive shortcoming. Um, so all of those kind of examples are where we see like it's going to be a challenge and there's going to be companies that survive and companies don't. Uh, we obviously pride ourselves in trying to partner with those that are going to survive, uh, but it's going to be a challenge for everybody out there. Well, that's where creativity really comes to the forefront. When you look at teams that can identify other markets, other talent pools that don't logically fit into your needs 
and say, okay, here's where their strengths are. Here's where we can now adapt this talent pool to then fit this current role, this current need that we have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's great. Tom, what are we seeing in terms of flexibility within the talent acquisition market as well? I know that's something we talk about so much with the employee experience, the emphasis on flexibility. Corporate culture is, is oftentimes now being built around flexibility and how companies define their flexibility, whether that is a four-day work week or that is uh, working from home or return to office. And really, that's defining so much about the employee experience. Where's flexibility being looked at from the talent acquisition and recruiting experience? Yeah, it's interesting. When when we look at the external marketplace data, you know, at one point, everyone was like, work from home, work from home. Yeah, That's great. And then you went to hybrid. Uh, and more and more companies are doing the 100% in the office. You know, um, Apple, Disney, Google, everyone's, uh, Geico just announced this week they're sending 60,000 people back to the office. Like all kinds of data said that's becoming less the norm. Um, and, and so, you know, we have to respect uh, decisions made by our clients, but we also have lots of discussions with our clients about that, meaning um, is there options with this role? Like why is there such a focus in on this role being an office uh, and bringing data to the table that says, if you make this a hybrid role, uh, you increase the Canada pool 30%. Like there's data out there that can show, like if you have some flexibility, if there is flexibility on a role or organizationally, if you're making those decisions, there's data to show, you know, here's the impact it could have on your outcome pool. Um, and when you start looking at some of that um, supply demand imbalance, the, that becomes very important where it's like, okay, you're already at a massive shortage and now you're also knocking out another 25% because you want them in the office 100%. And sometimes people aren't looking for much. They're looking for work from home on Friday. So I think as, as TA leaders and, and TA advisors, you know, we want to have those conversations with our um, business leaders and our hiring managers uh, to kind of educate them on what the options are um, and what impact that's going to have on them and their, our ability to fill their positions. Yeah, I mean, that's been the really interesting piece to watch as of late, Tom, is that gap we're seeing between organizations that are moving more heavily back into office and the desire from a lot of the talent pool to stay fully remote. And there is that yeah. big gulf between the two and understanding how do you fill that. I'd imagine that's one of the bigger challenges that hiring teams are facing right now, dealing with flexibility. Also, I'm sure defining flexibility as there's no hard set definition of flexible. Flexible to each person is different. Is that something that hiring teams are running into? Is that challenge of defining flexibility? Yeah. And there's uh, the good thing is there's a lot of data out there, too, that shows what people are looking for, like what any by industry, like if I'm a TI, TI person, there's data out there that shows like what percentage of, the, of in the office they want and what percentage at home. Um, but you're right. Every company has its own definition of it. And so um, as consultant to our clients, we try and like mature that conversation. Um, obviously, they have their own business reasons that that uh, they have. But as supporting TA organizations, we're trying to understand like, okay, I understand your internal considerations. We're trying to explain the external impact that's going to have. And I think for good organizations that understand that, they're willing to kind of make some adjustments uh, and agree to your point on, on what that definition is. Uh, and then communicating it very clearly in every job posting and every conversation you have is kind of key because you also don't want to get someone three quarters of the process and then be like, oh, hold on. I thought 60% in the office meant I get to pick the 60%. Right. Uh, and so our role is making sure they understand exactly what that means. You had them in the office Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, and just making sure that they understand that there's no surprises. Yeah. Lead with that. Yeah. I think so often you see teams say, yeah, we're hybrid, but without providing those details of what is hybrid to you? 
is hybrid having Fridays as work from home, or is it having your choice of how many days in the office you get to pick? Both are seen as hybrid, but both could be vastly different. Leading with that to the talent pool uh, will eliminate confusion and at least make you more efficient in the process. Now, Tom, looking at the current talent pool in general, are you seeing any unique trends that stick out to you about the candidate marketplace right now that hiring teams should be thinking about? Um, yeah, the the biggest thing is uh, just kind of the focus on the candidate experience. So um, I just looked at a, a survey this morning that was just basically asking what candidates um, are looking for, um, especially just when they're looking for a job. So there are certain things they expect, like uh, salary transparency is a hot, hot button right now. Um, I think we have eight states in the U.S. that uh, have, have basically said every job has to have salary transparency. There's a couple of cities that require it as well. Uh, British Columbia just this week announced that it's 100. They, you have to have it. And, and that's a hot button for candidates. They want to know, like, don't play games with me. Tell me what salary range is so I can you know, decide whether I want to be a part of this or not. Right. Second thing is uh, skills. You know, there's always been this focus in like experience with the job and knowing exactly what the job is and matching people up to that job. And, and that's still an important element, but skills is going to be the hot button where you got to be able to kind of match people up with the right skill set. Uh, and that might mean they never did the job before, but the skills they had in that previous job um, make them a good candidate and being able to explain that to the candidate. They will appreciate that and understand like, oh, these are the skills you're looking for. I have those skills versus like, oh, God, I don't. I should not apply to this job. Um, and then the third thing I would just say around the candidate experience is just that, that details matter. We see so many surveys that talk about candidates frustrated with ghosting. You know, I apply for a job and I never hear back. And by the way, with like technology today, like most ATSs, that's like table scraps. But you have to have a very regimented way of approaching your job every day. Uh, but we just see so often that it's just not happening. Uh, detailed job descriptions, like tell me exactly what I'm going to do and tell me what's in it for me. That's a big thing. Uh, fast response where they, you know, they don't want to be sitting there waiting for six months. They want to have an experience that is quick. Uh, and this latest one I saw that I'd never even heard before was tell me about the interview process and how quickly it's going to interview, which is if you're a good recruiting organization, you kind of know that the good applicants are going to get a call within 48 hours. They're going to get scheduled within a week. Like um, I saw that as a high request from candidates that I'm like, yeah, well, if, if you're good, you should be able to do that. But right. if you are not interested, like, yeah, you know, they're going to get that. They should get that ding uh, letter or ding email. Uh, but even just being able to spell it out just creates this great candidate experience where you're kind of kept up to date as to everything that's going to happen. Uh, and again, if you want the good talent, you've got to give, give them that great experience. Yeah, we have so much access to information now just as consumers that, sure, that expectation absolutely makes sense from the candidate pool as well to know again yeah. where you are on the timeline, get that immediate feedback. And we're in an immediate feedback culture. So, of course, that applies in the, uh, the candidate experience as well. 100%. All right. So, Tom, as you're looking at approach from hiring teams, I'm sure there's something that sticks out as just a massive red flag. So if there's one thing you could recommend TA teams to stop doing immediately and improve their process, because it's a total waste of resources, what would that be? Um, I would tell them to maybe not stop, but get away from making gut decisions and get away from uh, ignoring the data. Like I do feel like we, we get in a lot of conversation with potential clients and we ask a lot of questions and there's a lot of like opinions 
uh, or there's a lot of like, yeah, well, we collect that data, but we don't really use it. I'm like, well, why can you not use it? You should be using that data every day. We're going to use it every day. Right. Or there's a lot of like, we don't trust the data, in which case, like, okay, well, then you got to stop and you got to like figure out how to make that data better. Um, so I just feel like that's been a, a common approach for a lot of organizations is living a lot more on instinct. And uh, in this day and age where you have all these amazing tools that are out there that you can use or organization that can help you do that better, you, you got to do it. You got to kind of commit to it because living and acting on instinct versus using tools that help you predict what to do and help you decide what to do. You've got to start taking advantage of those now. Um, you can't wait five years for that. Like the, the technology is just moving too fast and there's organizations that know how to use that well. And they're going to get a win when we talk about the disparities in the labor market that are going to exist. Yeah. Speed and efficiency are, are crucial here. When you've got all this information at your fingertips, you're doing yourself a disservice by not utilizing that tool. Correct. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Spot on. Now, Tom, as you're also looking at investing resources, as teams are looking at investing resources just to make the most out of their recruiting efforts, are you seeing any trends coming in 2024 that maybe makes sense to be proactive and start looking at and investing in now to improve and to attract talent? Yeah, I'd say the number one is just invest in planning. We hear so often that, oh yeah, we're just getting started in our 2024 planning. It's like, well, hold on, 2024 is like six weeks. What are you talking about? Like you got to get started way earlier than that. Right. So I do feel, and it's always like, you know, the shoemaker's child where it just doesn't happen. Uh, but it, it's got it and it becomes more and more important. Now, some of that delay is also you just don't know what direction the business is going to go. And so you're like, well, we might acquire, we might shrink, we might do layoffs. And But that's fine. you got to plan for all of those scenarios. Now, to do that, again, use some tools to help you. Use that workforce intelligence tools to help with that analysis and that planning. Um, there's ability to do that. The more data you have, um, easier is to do. Um, and... Plan for how you're going to approach the different scenarios. Who are your partners? Like if X, Y, and Z happens, who are your partners? What uh, recruiting firms are you going to use? What staffing firms are you going to use? Uh, what type of labor are you going to use, right? Um, there's a bigger, mega trend with, you know, uh, independent contractors and gig workers and all of that. Um, you got to consider your total town solution. Uh, and so if you do that planning and you're, and you're using data and you're building the right partnerships, and you're analyzing your workforce, you should be able to get ready for whatever's gonna happen. But all of those steps take some time. And again, it's hard to like allocate that time, but it's just so important to do now and just don't wait. And, and if, if it slips and it's later, it just becomes more urgent. You gotta scramble a little bit, but you know, start talking to people. There, there are groups that are out there that can help and companies that can help uh, and they'd be happy to do it. But if you do it early, you'll just feel much more um, prepared for 2024 and, and years beyond. Oh, that's great. Thanks for that, Tom. So often I speak with HR professionals about being intentional with your people. It seems like you need to also be intentional with that process. You really need to yeah. be intentional with your recruiting process. And that's a great way to look at going into 2024, which, as you said, is weeks away. So no better time than now to jump in and really be intentional with that process, right. with the recruiting process going forward. Again, we're here with Tom Leeper, Vice President of Client Solutions at 7-Step, a global recruitment and talent outsourcing company. Now, Tom, tell us, as again, someone who is ingrained in the HR community and again, in the recruiting talent acquisition community, what's the best thing you've seen come out of the HR community over the past year? Um, I don't know if it's the last year. I do, it's probably over the last two to three years. I, I feel like 
um, one of the great things I've seen is if you went back 15 years, 20 years, like I don't feel like H the HR community was well-respected organizationally. Uh, and then about 10 years ago, you, you saw it become much more important and CEOs were doing the, I'm putting on the CHRO in the office right next to me, or literally I'm going to put another desk in, in my office and that's where the CHRO is going to sit. Uh, in the last year to three, what I've loved seeing is that CHROs are being promoted to CEOs. Like that move, I think is just a statement of like, yeah, you continue to say people are their most important thing, but the recognition of that across a lot of organizations, I think is, you know, just amazing. Like Mary Barrett, GM is an example, but she was in the business and then transitioned to HR and they kind of transitioned into the business. Lena Nair, who was at Unilever and she got promoted to the, she got hired as the CEO at Chanel. Like it's right. just a statement of like the HR industry of the HR profession has just grown so much um, that it's kind of beautiful to see. And, uh, and I think it's going to continue that way based on what we're seeing in the marketplace. Yeah. I mean, some of the best feedback that I get from speaking to HR professionals, often I ask, okay, what's the best thing that you could pass along to our listeners? Uh, and I'll ask you the same here, Tom, shortly, but I get that feedback often to understand the business. And I think we're seeing the advantage of that. When you really understand how your business works and the different components and not just what you do as an HR professional or as a recruiting professional, or as a talent acquisition professional, but understanding the full business, that puts you in a great position to then really be integrated at higher levels and C-suite levels of a company. Yeah, I agree. And I will also piggyback on that to say, I also don't think you you need to know everything. Like I do feel like with HR leaders and TA leaders, I think there's been this, oh, I need to know everything walking into every meeting. Um, right. and, and I do, you know, you're obviously walking in, you've got to impress the folks around you. But I do think with things changing so fast, I think you have to be okay with not knowing everything and being able to say like, I can get you that or bring in the right people to that meeting, like bring your lead, other fellow leaders, bring your partners, bring who you need to be able to drive those answers because keeping up with so much change all the time, I think is impossible for individuals. I think you need to trust the folks around you, bring them to the table, admit that you don't know everything. No one really expects you to, but I think, I feel like there's always been this, this feeling that you need to. But the reality is like, yeah, there are smarter people around and, and you should bring them to the table with you. So, yeah, I, I really like that, Tom. That's really well said. And again, smart to be be realistic. Also be OK asking questions. Yeah. Admit when you don't know the answers, but also have the solution, have the people that do around. you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's I, great. I feel like it, great. it's a next mature step to take and it'll just uh, accelerate your career at the same time. Yeah, 100 percent. Well said. All right. Now, Tom, we spoke about what you've liked out of the HR community over the past few years. What's something you've learned about yourself over the past few years that you feel has made you a better leader? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so I think for me, probably the biggest surprise is I, uh, I'm in my mid-50s here. And, and I think about my myself in my 20s, where I thought like mid-50s was like death and getting ready to be done. Uh, I think I've seen the last few years that like there's just so much more. And I think as I've gotten older and you kind of understand what's important, what's not important, um, you just have the ability to focus a little bit more. And for me personally, just a lot of more creative ideas have come up other things I want to do, uh, some of them professionally, some personally, special projects and stuff like that. Uh, so for me, the last few years have just been eye opening like, oh, there's so much more to get done and accomplish and have fun with. And, uh, and I'm kind of looking forward to all of that. So, um, those, that's probably my base learning curve over, over the last few years. So, ah, it's great. Thank you for that. Yeah, you still got your passion, yeah. still got drive, and, and there's plenty of miles to go on that, which is great. <laughs> exactly. 
That's fantastic. Thanks for that, Tom. So again, we're here with Tom Leeper, Vice President of Client Solutions at 7-Step. Tom, what we like to do with all of our guests is share some professional advice that you've leaned on along your career that you feel has helped propel you forward and pay it forward. Let's pay it forward to our audience of HR professionals and recruiting professionals. So is there anything that you've leaned on, some professional advice that you could pay forward to our audience? Yeah, I don't think this is different from a lot of people, but find mentors, like find people that you trust, that you can talk to on a regular basis and people that you can be blatantly honest with. Like I think uh, often in our day-to-day interactions with people we work with, you know, we're always on guard, right? We want to like appear our best and we we don't want to act like we didn't know anything. And uh, and so you put up a natural front, which I think is fine. Um, I think you need those independent mentors in your life that you can go to and you can vent and you can bitch and you can tell the things you're thinking and the things you would never say to anyone else and have them give you brutal advice um, and, and create, you know, constructive advice at the same time. Uh, so I know some people who do that well, and I know other people who have none of that in their life. And I just feel like it really limits your growth uh, and, and probably creates additional stress in your life that you don't need. So, you know, have that circle of people that, that you've trusted forever. And by the way, they don't even have to be in your industry. I feel like you can ask people who have known nothing about your business and still have them be kind of those uh, trusted lights. So I love that. Uh, that's awesome. Thank you for that one, Tom. Tom, do you have anything you want to plug and share with our audience? Now is a, a great time to tell our audience more about either something you're excited about working on or something going on with 7-Step that you'd like them to know about and certainly give them some some touch points where they can get in touch and learn more. Sure. Uh, I guess I would just add, uh, for those of you who don't know, 7-Step, uh, we're a global talent provider, RPO, MSP, a full suite of solutions. Uh, we we love talking to new clients, uh, potential clients. And, and part of it is just trying to figure out if uh, our RPO or MSP is the right solution. I feel like the talent industry is so, um, there's just so many different options out there and so many different solutions um, that I just feel education is a big part of it. Uh, so if you have listeners who just have questions, and I don't care, you know, I'll have how tricky, dumb, easy, hard the questions are. We love having those kind of conversations uh, to see if we can help them or if we can point them in the right direction. And, and we will do that if we're not the right, we have the right solution or the right technology in place. We can give them ideas who to go talk to. So um, we're out there. Please call. All right. And do you have a website we could send our listeners to if they're interested yep. in learning more? www.7stepRPO.com. Uh, Fantastic. All right. We'll provide links to that on our site page on HR Daily Advisor as well. So thanks for that, Tom. All right, Tom. Now, before we let you go, I always save this one for last. And it's our bonus question that I love to ask our guests. And it's built all around motivation. So you wake up in the morning and your feet hit the floor. What's the one thing that gets you motivated to start your day? Uh, honestly, to get motivated for the day, I need to leave the house um, because I work from home. Uh, so I, I either ride every morning or go to the gym for an hour, an hour and a half. And, and I feel like that just kind of resets my mind and gets me ready for the day. Um, and yeah, I think that's the magic point. I, I can't just walk into another room and suddenly be like, okay, now I'm in work mode. I just feel like that transition. So separating my, uh, my home life from my work life is literally just getting out and getting some exercise. There it is. You get that morning ritual. That's a great way to get it started. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, look, Tom Leeper, Vice President of Client Solutions at 7-Step. Thank you so much for joining the HR Works podcast. It was great having a conversation with you here today. We'd love to have you back in the future to keep this conversation going. But until next time, thanks for being on the HR Works podcast. Thanks for having me, Josh. It's been great. All right. Thanks, Tom. Cheers. 
Thank you for listening to the HR Works Podcast. Be sure to check out our new episodes every Tuesday. Follow us on all major streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Audible.